Today's episode of the Geek 30 Happy Hour is brought to you by Amazon.com. Head to geek30.com slash Amazon to do all of your shopping. It helps us pay the bills at no extra cost to you. Again, that's geek30.com slash Amazon. Coming up on today's show, roll 20 for an induction check. Raise the roof. Creativity rules. And you must construct additional pylons. Your emails and more on episode 47 of the Geek 30 Happy Hour. to another episode of the Geek 30 Happy Hour, where we drink a toast to all of the geeky things we're passionate about. Today's November 13th, 2016. I'm Alex. Here's JoJo. Hello. How are you doing today, sir? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Dude, we have been wiring up this house <laughs> all day. What the hell? I told you I wasn't going to do it. Hey, here and we are. And you're like, oh, hey, we'll, we'll get you some food. It's like, okay. I know. We'll and then eight hours beer. later. And here we are. <laughs> So we wired up my entire house with Ethernet. It's great. It's how so much faster. How did it take faster. me eight hours and we still didn't drill a hole? Because we're that good, JoJo. No, no, but how did it still take me eight hours? Because we're professionals. <laughs> I should charge you by the hour. God damn it. Um, <laughs> welcome back to another episode, guys. So happy for you to be here. Um, be sure to check out our website, geek30.com, and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Uh, that definitely helps us uh, get the word out about the show. Now, we have a very special guest. We do. A, a celebrity of sorts. Oh, awesome. A published book author. I don't even think he's... Uh, are you an author, Justin? I, I don't even consider myself one of those yet. <laughs> well, if you have a published book, doesn't that sort of mean you're an author? Yeah, but I think I need to sell more than like, you know, 50 copies to be uh, considered a natural <laughs> author. Well, we'll get him there. This is Justin Buckner, everybody. Justin is um, also known as Airbuck in uh, the Filthy Casuals raid team on Earth and Ring and World of Warcraft. Uh, Justin helps me run the, the raid team, and he is a fantastic friend and valuable uh, a member of the Filthy Casual Society. So welcome, Justin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. T tell everybody a little bit about you. Uh, I am a uh, native Washingtonian. I'm from uh, outside of Seattle, Washington, but I'm living down here in sunny Tejas. Tejas. Uh, you have to get a little more phlegm behind that, Justin. Tejas. Basically otherwise known as Satan's ass crack. Uh, actually, it was really nice today. Which I enjoy degrees, visiting every end of the year. <laughs> 70 degrees in November. You mm -hmm. can't really complain about that. Um, but no, I'm... <coughs> <coughs> Please Sorry, don't die. The beer's getting to me already. That's right. <laughs> I'm a lightweight. <laughs> what, did, what did you have us drink? Um, Good lord! <laughs> no, I, you know, down here I'm I'm a I'm a teacher by day and a uh, novelist, Warcraft player, um, Warcraft player <laughs> by night. <laughs> Let's see. Do, do you do anything else? He he is. Uh, you can actually check out some of Airbuck's work. Um, I keep calling you Airbuck. You can check out some of Justin's work <laughs> by going to geek30.com slash blog and reading the uh, Confessions of a Warcraft Altaholic series that we have about uh, Justin's adventures with a number of max level characters in Warcraft. And yes, Justin, I, how many? I was the max proud owner of 35. 35. Max level yeah, 35. The end of Drainer, and I now have three, and it's probably going to be. I don't think it's going to be more than 11. It's going to be a rough back. expansion, dude. This is not a good expansion and, for us. And how alts. many of them have got exalted reputations already? Uh, just one. Oh, just nice. One. Okay, just, just one. one. <laughs> We're still pretty early. I mean, you got to think this expansion came out not too long ago. But, Justin, thanks so much for being part of the show and uh, being an active member of the community and, and helping me out with all things Warcraft-related. Um, we love you. We, we're so happy that you're on the show. Um, so... Let's, with that in mind, you know, Justin recommended a uh, great beer, and we're going to talk about it now. Oh, hello, Geek Study. It's beer time. Today's beer is brought to you by the novel Jordan Banks, Origins of a Spy. Want a great novel to read on your Kindle or other e-reading device? Purchase it now by searching Amazon for Jordan Banks, Origins, Origins of a Spy. There you go. By Justin Buckner. There you go. Yeah, Justin has a new book out, and we actually, um, we had a... Uh, what is it on the latest Warcraft uh, blog post? Uh, we had a link to it as oh, nice. well. So 
um, folks, go check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, and Justin, you have a beer that you brought us. You want to share with folks what what you're drinking today? We we are drinking a little Adams Adams West Coast style Rebel IPA. Um, there's a great brewery up in Seattle. If anyone's ever in Seattle, it's called Pyramid. They have a Hefeweizen, which is a, a wheat beer that is, I mean, it's probably my favorite beer ever. We can't get it down here. Um, and uh, so I, I figured a West Coast style IPA would probably be as close. And uh, it, it's 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 met my standards. Uh, it's cold. It's wet. And it's getting me drunk. There you go. That's, <laughs> you know, sometimes Some it's pretty high, high standards right there. Yeah. You, so you, elevated that bar. You know what, guys? Cheers. Cheers. Salud. So now the first thing that comes to mind when I took a sip of this beer is that it's extremely smooth. Right. Uh, it's really um, not overly hoppy like a lot of Sam Adams stuff tends to be. Exactly. And there's like very little to no bite at the end. It's it just it's so smooth and it's actually very refreshing. It's sitting at a 6.5% ABV. Right. So, Jojo, what do you think about this beer? This is kind of scary. We're actually drinking it straight from the can, which is refreshing for me for once. You there know? you go. But even straight from the can, it's not overly carbonated. You know, it's not um, just harsh. It's nice and smooth, easily to drink. And I'm not a big IPA person, but this is really well balanced. I like the way this uh, comes up. And I know this is the one on tap when you see it at a bar. It has the spray paint can as the handle for the bar thing. Oh, is that? Oh, that is what it that is. That is what it is. Yes. You're right. So, uh, so Justin, you said that you really enjoy this beer. Um, are, are you a big IPA fan? Uh, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't normally drink a whole lot. Um, so if I'm drinking, normally it's like whiskey or bourbon. That's true. Uh, it, whatever gets me through the raid on Tuesday night. Um, but <laughs> that's right. No, um, yeah, normally I'm not a big beer fan, but it, you know, I, I do like that kind of the West Coast where they're used. They use a little more. Um, like this one says it's citrus and grapefruit. I think they, they, they brew with a little more flavor. And, and you're right, it is a little bit smoother flavor. I think the East Coast brews are a little bit harsher and more abrasive. Yeah, so that, that seems fair. Style. Right. Yeah, you know, one thing that I was going to mention. Um, oh, I guess, you know what? Before I get on to that, I'll read uh, directly from the website. It says, the Rebel IPA has the bright citrus and grapefruit flavors and subtle pine notes that drinkers love in West Coast-style IPAs. We hand-selected the hop varieties that, to us, really say American-crafted, in quotes, and we brewed for maximum hop expression, emphasized hop flavor and aroma without um, additional bitterness. And that's exactly the way it is, man. It's really not a bitter beer. No, not, not too bad at all. Um, so you can really get this at any grocery store. And actually what I went out and did was I found a sample pack. So they have all of their um, rebel style uh, beers. They have like a it was like a four pack, three beers per. And um, I drank. Ooh, there's a there's a burp. <laughs> I drank um, what was this? A grapefruit IPA, which had a great flavor too. Dude, it was so Justin. You got to try this, dude. It literally it just tasted like grapefruit juice or orange juice, like real citrusy and beautiful, dude. I was really surprised at how much I liked that. It was like the the grapefruit I, uh, IPA or something. Well, we know you like fruits, but um, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, there was another one I saw. I think it was like an Apple, Rebel Apple IPA. I was going to try it, but then I was like, no, if I did that, I'd probably get accused of bringing girly drinks onto your <laughs> podcast. And Nothing's worse than that uh, than that fruity drink that JoJo brought no that one time. I have no idea what you're talking about. It just <laughs> JoJo brought a, JoJo hate, brought hate, a hate. terrible, terrible uh, fruity beer. I'm, out, of, out of curiosity, since you're drinking whiskeys down in Texas, have you tried any Texas whiskeys? Uh, no. I mean, again, I'm... I'm pretty, uh, pretty, not uh, a connoisseur when it comes to uh, alcohol. If it if it gets me drunk pretty quick, it's it's good in my book. Alrighty, well there is one called Silver Star. Um, there's a couple of them. There's Texas oh, whiskey. There's Silver yes. Star. Uh, there's also a bourbon called Garrison Brothers. They're all phenomenal. But I love Silver Star. You might want to actually try that out. It's a it's a nominal priced whiskey down there in Texas, uh, but it's super super smooth, easy to drink. Yeah, man, you would love it. It's real smooth. Real, real good. Go check that out if you're. We we have a, a few folks in Texas, don't we, Justin? We do. We uh we have a number of our raid team that's down here. A couple yeah. of them at least, including the one that sent in the voicemail about the cynic. Yeah, that's right. The the, the um, 
you could take your craft beer uh, growler and hook it up to this thing and it, and it basically send, turns it into a tap. It's pretty awesome. Well, we're going to enjoy this great beer. Um, again, thank you. Justin, thank for, you so much for bringing this. This is actually the first time I've had this beer. I've seen it everywhere, but I was like, eh, it's Sam Adams. Like, you know, it's like, eh, it'll be okay. No, actually, this is really enjoyable. Absolutely. Really enjoyable. So again, you can you can pretty much find it at any um, grocery store where you normally get Sam Adams uh, products. And uh, again, check out, they have like that really great, it's four beers. It, it's this Rebel IPA. It's the grapefruit one. Um, and then they also had a double IPA and then a cascading hops IPA. So like all these different IPAs, really good stuff. Again, coming from a guy who doesn't typically like IPAs, similar to Justin, and I'm digging this. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to enjoy this beer as we get into the news. Geek 30 News. So who here has played Dungeons and Dragons? I have. I'm have you? Raising my hands. Raising hands. Uh, Justin, have you? I, I was uh, maybe once. Once. So, but he didn't inhale. He did. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Dungeons and Dragons has a, a is a very fond. Um, it contains very fond memories. Absolutely. For me. So uh, Judge and I have been part of uh, a campaign with our friend Jason and uh, his wife, Veronica, and some friends theirs. Uh, it's been a ton of fun, and I've played some RPGs here and there, but um, you know, I think the biggest thing to remember about a game like Dungeons & Dragons is the amount of influence it's had on various video games that we've played. And you know, they've finally inducted it into the Toy Hall of Fame. As of November 12th, so it was yesterday, there was this article on The Verge, and it says Dungeons & Dragons been inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame. Each year, the Strong National Museum of Play inducts a new group of toys into the National Toy Hall of Fame. This year, the museum inducted three new toys, Dungeons & Dragons, Fisher-Price's Little People's Figure, and the Classic Swing. The Classic Swing isn't in the Toy Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck does that happen? Hasn't that been around since like I don't know before Christ? That's like yeah, that's like <laughs> like Jesus's people were even like, oh man, look at this, this ancient architecture of a swing. That's yeah, <laughs> fucking a man. All right, uh, the recognition for fantasy role playing game Dungeons and Dragons is long overdue, and its innovative approach to uh, playing complicated creative games has had an outsized impact on the larger gaming world. And I wanted to take a second to kind of reminisce about different RPGs and stuff that we've played. I think the three of us could really uh, say Warcraft has had a big impact Absolutely. on our lives, right? But there's also, you know, other RPGs like, um, I'm trying to think like uh, Fallout, uh, like, uh, Final Fantasy was always a big one Final for me. Final Fantasy. Um, things on Super Nintendo like Chrono Trigger, A Secret Evermore, Secret of Mana. Um, that's what got me into RPGs to begin with. Um, from the original NES and Super Nintendo, my issue actually was uh, RPGs started to take too long once they went to the PS1 platform, and I didn't have the patience I know for them. I hate Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. It breaks my heart. I, I didn't... I don't hate it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hate the way Sony keeps pimping it, and I just, I don't just, have the patience for the worst. it. You're the worst. You're the worst sort of person. <laughs> Justin, uh, what are some some of your favorite RPGs that may be a direct results, or they are a direct results of D&D? Well, I mean, obviously, wow. Uh, first and foremost, that's the biggest time suck in my life. Um, <laughs> and, and honestly, without without Dungeons and Dragons, we wouldn't have WoW. But, I mean, even things like Fable, uh, which was yes. oh, which was the doorway to WoW for me, because it was one of my one of my favorite games. That and Elder Scrolls led me to WoW. Um, those all have the D and D kind of flavor. Um, but you even look at what Marvel's doing. Um, Marvel for a good run in the the early '90s, mid '90s, um, they they went into that kind of dice game based on their comic strips and they they were able to branch out into an entirely new audience which i think was one of the reasons why they also were able to cross over into movies when the original x-men came out yeah yeah it's it's amazing the ripple effect right right absolutely so uh, jojo you, you mentioned some favorites like uh, Final Fantasy VII, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but uh, what do you think was the most impactful RPG that you've ever played? Uh, 
So I, I have a lot of love for Final Fantasy 4 and 6, which were 2 and 3 on Super Nintendo. Chrono Trigger was a big time suck for me as a, as a kid. Okay. Le- um, Legend of Zelda was really more an adventure. It wasn't really an RPG. But my brother will agree with me, Secret of Evermore. Oh, I never played that. It was it was uh, from the makers of Secret of Manda, but it was not quite as epic. Um, it was just fun, you know? It was, it was fun. It, it, I, I never took it seriously, and oh. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, man. Um, I think for me, it's like, I mean, the Final Fantasies are a big one. Um, I mean, Warcraft, man, like the World mm. of Warcraft has been such a big, and you know, you, you take a look at a game like Dungeons and Dragons, it was all like turn-based, right? right. So you're, you're it, it takes like hours for you to do, you know, just one minute of actual play to, to a lot of people out there, man, like don't, don't listen to this and be like, Oh, that takes that. That just sounds miserable because it's actually legit. It's really fun. I'm, There's I'm new to it. We went over to Jason's and VK's yeah. and Jason is probably one of the best people I know right now. He is so um, inventive. So creative. Oh, yeah. yeah real and good. of course DM gets, you know, the rules and in the end he gets to choose what happens. Um, the group that we were playing with, he chose and they're all phenomenal and it became such, so much more than just a game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's true. It, it, you become absorbed into it. You use the most powerful graphics engine ever, your imagination, you know, to render this amazing uh, story in your head and the, the imagery that Jason kind of provides is like, you know, you're you're coming up to this town and it's, you know, smoky and like, you know, like the, the, the imagery is amazing. Uh, I'm sure Justin, you appreciate that as a writer, but you know, another thing that is really, um, from a Warcraft perspective, we've taken these, these, what's normally lived in our imagination and condensed it. And the fundamentals of it all is still there. But it's like there's a computer doing all the math for you now. Right. So, the you know, it's DM. Still, the computer's rolling that 20 for you. And every single 20 time you against move. you. <laughs> yeah. And, and doing all the, you know, rolling all these things against you. So, um, Justin, what would you say the most impactful RPG is for you? Well, for me, obviously, it, 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 it's still wow. I mean, because honestly, that's that that is where I put my time. Yeah, man. But I was just thinking about, you know, kind of when did when did I get kind of what was the first fantasy game that I played? And it goes back to like King's Field on PlayStation one. Oh, wow. King's Field. Wasn't even my copy. It, nope. was, it was uh, my my cousin's copy. And he was he was crashing with us. And so we would play that and we would take turns. But, you know, you mentioned something. And one of the problems, you know, I'm, a, I'm an English teacher by trade. One of the problems we have with our generation coming up is they don't have that imagination. And, and it's re- you have to teach them to picture things in their mind, that kind of reading to the mind's eye. Maybe we need to bring Dungeons and Dragons into the classroom. Hell yeah. Deanna, we're teaching our kids how to play D&D. <laughs> You have no. You have to roll a level five bard. No, you need to be a bard. You, you need to support the team. Roll d twenty for. She Eye doesn't Blair. want to support the team. <laughs> Arabuck, I need you Plus to talk they, to her. They get better at math. I mean, come on. I mean, I. She but, needs to support the team so I could tank. We all know how great that turns out. <laughs> yeah, you tank the team is what the problem is. <laughs> um, I think uh, I'm about to call him Arabuck, but <laughs> I think Justin's on to something. Yeah. Um, whenever. An English teacher, when I was in high school, drew a picture for us um, and said, look, this is what the parameters are. And we had to fill in the details. I still remember what I remembered about Romeo and Juliet. And it's been 20 some odd years since that happened. Um, When it was not impactful to me, I don't remember anything Mm -hmm. about the catcher in the rye, (laughs) you know, kind of a deal. So catcher in the the eye. (laughs) Catcher in the rye. I I teach English and I remember very little of catcher in the rye as well. So exactly. Um, so it just it depends on your eye. ability to uh, to be able to imagine and use your own creativity and for an English teacher like yourself to kind of you know push that and because that's what sticks with you you know if you can draw a, a correlation there that's what sticks yeah I love it man I love being a geek it's a good thing absolutely it's a real real good thing uh, so we have this article from the verge that we're gonna share in the show notes check it out it's a really cool thing and again if you guys have heard of Dungeons and Dragons, and you know we've mentioned this on the show before. Don't be prejudiced to a lot of like the the stereotypical like really 
really like outlandishly dorky things. I know they look like me. We can't all be perfect. But, you know, these are our people too. Yeah, JoJo's beautiful, by the way. And you're a damn liar. And, <laughs> and uh, give it a shot because it's actually it's a ton of fun. It's something that I shunned for the longest time, and then I was like, dude, this is great. This is so great. So uh, give it a shot. Uh, you know, feel free to reach out to us if you want any tips on how to get started. Geek Thirty Podcast at Gmail com now what is the uh next order of business here jojo oh we have a um the, actually jojo brought this to the table do you want to kind of give the folks at home a little briefing on this one so back in october uh tesla made an announcement that i didn't expect i guess he had planned it out for a couple of weeks beforehand but i hadn't heard anything about it and surprise they're going into uh solar panels for your roof except they don't attach to your roof they are your roof. They make shingles that are actually solar powered. How fucking brilliant is this? It, it's the most and brilliant if idea. If it's anybody who's going to do this shit, it's uh, Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. If you go back or and Tony watch Stark. it, I mean Tesla. Sorry. <laughs> if you go back and watch the video, he sucks at presenting. He's, oh yeah, Elon is, Musk is yeah, real dry. He's so bad at presenting. But he's fucking brilliant. But dude. the the product itself, the way, because so they actually did it in a cul-de-sac with four houses that all had the shingles on there, so everybody can look. Hey, this is this house. This is how this finish looks. This is how that finish looks. And instead of using asphalt, they use glass. And so it just captures all your sun, turns into energy, looks like a normal roof, lasts longer. Yeah, so um, there's an article, let me see, who, who, TechCrunch did this one, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, like you mentioned, Elon Musk stood in front of these houses and like did like a little presentation. And honestly, you look at these houses, it's like there's nothing, what's different about these houses? That's how great these shingles look. They blend so well. Yeah, he said uh, Tesla found a... Uh, found it found it tesla founder <laughs> Te tesla founder and ceo elon musk wasn't kidding when he said that the new tesla solar roof product was better looking than an ordinary roof the roofing replacement with solar energy gathering powers does indeed look great it's a far cry from the obvious and somewhat weird aftermarket panels that you see applied to roofs after the fact today and that's the first thing i thought of was i could imagine during this press conference or whatever he's like oh yeah check out our new uh solar roof thing and then everybody's like what do you mean where <laughs> because <laughs> where? there's nothing there cricket cricket um justin do you see this like being a thing in texas you guys get a lot of sun down there the only problem i see with this is we had a massive massive hailstorm in oh June. God. Yeah. And I am still waiting for my roof to be fixed as are my three neighbors next door. Ugh. And so, um, I, I just worry about with solar. I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, it is a great idea, but I worry about like the weather and it being able to stand up. One of the things they talked um, about in, in direct, uh, relation to that is that the glass panels are actually much tougher than the asphalt panels, so they stand wear and tear a lot better than really? the asphalt panel, uh, panels do. That's that's beautiful, dude. Because I I used to live in San Antonio. I still have dents in my car <laughs> you know, yeah. from hailstorm. Yeah, and it, it come down as golf balls, baseballs. You know, they're huge. Yep. Well, and see, that would be my only concern. Um, you know, because I mean, looking at the article, it also says they're going to cost less than a full, which would be amazing. Um, hopefully, we don't get in the way of green energy sources because we're so you know, prescribed to use traditional sources for energy. Yeah, totally. Um, can you just quickly recap that story? Because I remember we were sitting there, at, we were playing World of Warcraft, believe it or not, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden I hear um, I hear you on the other end, Justin, going, uh, I have to, like, some kind of an issue with the hail, and, like, you got to go, and you came back with a text. Um, you sent out, like, a, a message on Discord or something that had, like a size of like a baseball this the, that chunk of ice wasn't that it yeah so in june um typically it happens but kind of when the season changed so like when we go from the end of spring to summer summer months for the gulf of mexico is hurricane season and so you get some weird ass weather it'll be 85 and you'll have rain going sideways um and so we had this hailstorm. And I heard this crash in my kid's playroom. Uh, there are two skylights in the playroom, and both of them had probably, I would say, brick-sized holes in them. Wow. 
And then on the futon below, there was this golf ball sized piece of, of ice sitting there. And so we were sitting there. I mean, it's storming, it's raining. Um, so we had buckets underneath the skylights and we're furiously trying to like put tarps up to keep water from just dumping in through the skylines. Uh, but yeah, we actually, we've been working with our, the owner of the house cause we rent and it is now November and our skylights still have holes in them and still have plastic over them. And wow. Jeez, the roofing deep. industry down here, I mean, it was bad. Like, um, I'm going to say there's probably eight or nine houses on my street and five of them have had their roofs totally replaced in the last three months. Jeez, man. Oh my God. I would be so pissed. <laughs> and just to elaborate, uh, he said from spring to summer, spring is four months long. Summer's eight months long. There's no <laughs> fall or winter in Texas. Just so we're clear. Yeah. I, I, it's so crazy, man. So I, all I have to say is, dude, I'm glad that your kids weren't in that room. Holy shit. Well, it was 10 o'clock at night, you know, so. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I hope they weren't sleeping because <laughs> that woke me up. Oh, man. It, nothing wakes up JoJo. JoJo's, <laughs> like, uh, hardest sleeper I've ever freaking seen in my life. Um, speaking of windows getting broken, I actually have to tell this story. That, that, did we tell you this story earlier? No, we didn't no. tell you this, JoJo. All right, so yesterday. It wasn't my uh, fault, was No, it? <laughs> no. Deanna and I go to the Ohio State-Maryland game. Uh, drinking from like 10:30 a.m. until you know the late. He's still drinking. Yeah, I'm still drinking now. <laughs> it's been a it's been a crazy weekend. So we went and, and uh, pre-gamed real hard with a bunch of Deanna's family. Um, big shout out to all of them. It was a ton of fun. And we, you know, you're in College Park, Maryland. Um, not the best part of Maryland to be in. <laughs> anyway, well, Maryland as a whole is not the best part of Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> so we were. Uh, so we walked over to the the game. Uh, it's in the, the stadium, you know, was about a a mile away and my poor pregnant wife was trying to trudge through the campus. And so, um, something you have to realize is that Deanna and I drove in with her parents in, uh, we have a truck and then, uh, the rest of Deanna's family literally like caravaned in in like a big bus, like a big, it's not a bus. It's like a big van. Right. Um, and we come back, you know, we're all pretty drunk Deanna's driving home because all of us have been having way too much fun and uh we come back to the the van had been broken into oh no oh yeah there was glass everywhere somebody shattered um the the glass in there and like took all this like my um like Deanna's aunt and uncle their phones were gone um a bunch of beer was gone uh naturally yeah so it was this whole mess so when you when we were talking about broken glass i was like oh god there's that adventure from the weekend <laughs> but luckily nobody's hurt you know i uh i wanted to go whoop somebody's ass but my father-in-law See, talked me off put the maryland ledge. stickers on there beforehand you'd have been good that's right yeah th- they saw that we were all buckeyes partying over there and that was a that was a big issue so um you know, I guess that's what we get for whooping them so hard. Sixty something to three, I think, was the, the final score. It, it, you don't you don't treat high schools like that. I know you're right. <laughs> you're right. So uh, anyway, yes, it looks like you'll be jumping my Huskies. Who? Uh, yeah, that was not a good game to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. We got a, we got a good shot at the championship this uh, or the playoffs at very. Well, you least. should be jumping Michigan. That's oh sure. yeah, Michigan lost. So we're we're making our way man we may be number two we'll find out um so uh anyway roofs 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 with a v or roofs roofs all right whatever uh this is really cool technology we thought we'd share it with you guys sorry to go off on a little bit of a tangent sorry but not sorry uh this article from tech crunch will be in the show notes so be sure to check that out um for a third news topic i wanted to talk to Justin here about the love of creativity um, that is his passion for writing and kind of share some insight. And, you know, I know that there are a lot of folks who listen to this show who uh, may like to write fan fiction or may just like to write in general, whether that be for personal blogs, for, um, you know, art, uh, reviews of any kind, whatever that is. And here we have um, somebody that just recently published an ebook and is, um, you know, enjoying the fruits of his labor so you know justin can you talk a little bit about what it is that kind of inspired you to want to write in the first place uh well this novel actually started out with a tv show 
Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the TV show Chuck. Yes. Mm-hmm. Zach Levy, Yvonne Strahovski. Um, well, if you if you followed how that show ended, uh, it did not end quite as fans had wanted. And so I, I'd been watching it, been watching it, and then rewatched it and rewatched it. And I got to the end and I just was not satisfied. And so it started out with an idea of, okay, how would you want this to end? Or if they were to revise it, revive it, how would you want it, th- this new beginning to start? And so I, I wrote this little kind of short story, more or less. And as I was reading it, I was like, this is good. And I shared it with some of my students at the time I was teaching a senior class um, with seniors who had not passed their tests yet. And so I shared it with them and they're like, dude, this is awesome. You should make this into your own story. And I was thinking, all right, so do I want a Fifty Shades of Grey this? And, you know, because Fifty Shades of Grey actually was a fanfic for Twilight. Not yeah. Sure if you knew that or not, but... <laughs> Um, did are, are we now comparing your your no. <laughs> your story to Fifty Shades of Grey? I think we no, need it, to get a nice little, nice little some romantic music going and talking there's about there's less BDSM in my book yeah. by by far. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so I was like, well, then then it got you know I kind of came to the conclusion. Well, what would it take for me to make this little short story, this little kind of novel starter, its own story? And so from this little kind of n- short story, I built the backstory that is this first novel. Uh, the, the short story uh, is actually still there. It's um, Right now it's slated to be the opening for book number three. Oh, cool. So you, you are going to introduce that. Yes. Uh, right now that's in, in the grand scheme of things, the napkin plan, um, as it were. That is the opening for book number three. Uh, I just got to finish writing book number two first. There you go. Yeah, well, I mean, it's called priorities. Step, yeah, <laughs> one step at a time. Can, can you quickly just uh, tell folks at home a little bit about the story? Okay, so Jordan Banks' Origins of a Spy. Um, basically, the story is you're kind of down and out, really, really smart kid uh, with kind of no ambition, um, is recruited by the CIA to use his gifts his uh brain uh he's a robotics engineer and biomechanical engineer um double major out of out of high school um and so they recruit him to work on project achilles and what project achilles is is a project to build a prosthetic that will allow you to transfer data from a data point to your brain because uh, this research pointed to that 90% of your brain that we don't use, you could actually use, provided the right stimulus, to store data. And so he, he builds the prototype. He is working with the lovely and uh, exotic beauty that is uh, Serena Morris, who's the CIA's top uh, asset handler. Yes, she is. And she handles those assets. Yes, she does. Oh, yeah. Um, Jojo, we calm actually, down, our, Jojo. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> one of our raid members has already threatened to start writing fanfic about her. Um, <laughs> talking about you, Isildur. Don't be writing dirty <laughs> stuff about my girl. You know who you are. Uh, but no, he. Uh, um, so, so he works with um, Agent Morris, and they build the prototype, and then he is faced with a very, very tough decision that he has to make. And making that decision basically uh, either gives him the opportunity to be the spy or dooms him to that life of a spy, depending on what you talk about. Cool. Well, I, I love it, man. And um, so I guess also let people know like you're, you know, there's obviously a passion with this creativity. Like how long did it take for you to actually write this book? Would you consider it like a labor of love? It, it was. Um it's really interesting because um, as a teacher, you know, we're, we always have to continually be working on our education. So um, I started working on my master's in 2012 and I finished in December of 2014 and all that time I had been spending on my master's now I had available. So, you know, the weekends that I would be up reading, um, 
the Friday nights I'd be ignoring my kids and writing papers. And so I was like, what do I do with this? And so I kind of had this story in my head. And I'm one of those kind of obsessive people that, you know, if it's in my head, it just stays there until I do something with it. Amen. And so I started writing it. And then I made the decision that I wanted to flip the script, uh, take it from a Chuck-based or Chuck-centric idea to I want to write it myself. Um, Really, I had the bulk of it written in probably about five or six months. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I remember you talking about how you were writing your book and it was just, it it was, you know, you were, you had been working on it for a while and that you had the idea for, for a really long time. I guess I never realized how, I don't know. I mean, five, six months, that's, that's a decent amount of time. Yeah. And so I I really started writing it probably in like January, February of, of 2015. It was done before summer. Uh, now I sat on it for quite a while. Uh, it, it required quite a bit of editing. It still requires a little bit of editing, um, but I'm not at the big boy stage yet where I have a publisher. Uh, I'm just using Amazon's um, publishing service. Yeah. But I wanted to get it out there um, just because I felt like I couldn't wait any longer. That's cool, man. And that's, you know, at, at some point, that's what you got to do. Uh, we we were at uh, DC Podfest, or I was uh, a couple weekends ago, and actually there will be some bonus content coming. Uh, stay tuned to your RSS feed because I did a, a um, an interview uh, with the two founders of the DC Podfest. If you guys are interested in podcasting at all, this is a great event to go to, especially if you're in the DC area or you live close by. So anyway, we talked about you know at, at some point just putting your content out there, and there's a little bit of a debate um, about. You know, at what point, like, should you should you just do it just to do it or should you wait and, you know, make a solid product and then, you know, put it out there? there, there I think there's a there's a good in between that you can find. And uh, but at some point you really just got to bite the bullet because there's something, you know, it's it's so satisfying to create. And that's what I found with this podcast. Jojo would agree. And uh, this was. Uh, this is, still is a labor of love, but you know it, it's better than just sitting in my head thinking like, "Oh man, what? Why aren't JoJo and I putting mics in front of us anymore?" <laughs> like, you know. So it's I totally get it, and the the creative outlet is um is extremely important. Uh, wouldn't you say, JoJo? Absolutely. Without this, I don't know what else I'd be doing with my weekends. <laughs> you know? Drinking at home alone. I mean. <laughs> That's already happening anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing different there. Yeah, the the creative outlets are good. If you guys um, at home, you know, have a passion that you like to share, part of our mission here with the Geek Thirty Happy Hour is to allow folks to share this passion, just like Justin is doing now. Um, whatever you're geeky about, share it with us. We would love to share it on the show, um, and that actually is a good. Um, you know, segue into letting you guys know that we just created a new Facebook community. This is where you can, um, you know, talk to other folks within the Facebook group. And uh, these are other people who listen to the podcast or, you know, they're geeky, they're, they play video games or they're just, you know, all they play out D&D. nerds, they're <laughs> they <write> beer books. <laughs> aficionados. Um, it's a really good group of folks. So come on in and join the uh, community. Just search for Geek 30 Happy Hour um, on Facebook. You'll see the official page as well as the community group. Um, so that we're having a ton of fun in there. Uh, Justin's been active too. Justin, thank you for, for your input. It's always good. I, I appreciate your guys' community. It's <laughs> nice to have people that are like you. True that. Yeah. So, um, Justin, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing, you know, your, your idea behind the book. I, I hope that helps a lot of folks at home who are kind of timid or, or unsure about, the uh the idea the prospect of getting your creativity out there it's so satisfying guys just go do it it's so good and um where can people check out your book if they're interested well before we get to that i'll also say the other the other thing that helped me out was amazon which sponsors your show um you can always check out Geek Thirty on Amazon and order through them, and you'll give Geek Thirty a little cut kickback. Absolutely, uh, Geek30.com/slash/Amazon, nice folks. Geek30.com/slash/Amazon. But um, no, they have a self-publishing mechanism. Uh, it's called Kindle Direct, and if you you know just kind of Google Kindle Direct publishing, um, that that really helped me um, in terms of 
getting off my butt and actually publishing this book um, <laughs> without them having that kind of e-Kindle version, um, it probably still wouldn't be published. And, and it, it's kind of getting to be the new traditional route to publish is you self-publish first. And while you're self-publishing, you build a little bit of a fan base and then you take it to uh, literary agents and, and they say yay or nay. And that's what leads to full publishing. Uh, so that's where I'm, I'm, at, I'm in that middle phase where I'm building a little bit of an audience. I'm soliciting literary agents, and hopefully one day I make it to paperback. Killer, uh, that's man. my goal. But um, you can find it on Amazon.com if you uh, just search Jordan Banks, Origins of a Spy, or probably better just search my name on Amazon.com. It, it'll come up. Um, it's only on Kindle right now as, until about November or the end of December. It'll It'll – maybe be on other services as well um but right now it's on kindle so you just have to go through amazon yeah and then again the name is justin buckner it's um b-u-c-k-n-e-r and yeah check out the book i think it's a lot of fun um so again thank you justin for for sharing that that passion that love for for writing and and all that goodness man i appreciate that so um you know we had some really great responses to last week's question of the week and we want to share it with you guys so let's get into the question of the week i want to ask you a bunch of questions i want to have them answered immediately all right so last week's question was what is your favorite marvel studios movie and why and again an emphasis on the marvel studios yes this can't be like no sony no fox this can't be Deadpool, anything like that. That we're talking about, like like the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe here. All right, so I said uh, Civil War, Ant Man. You said Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Neil, who was on the show, um, gave a plethora of answers Absolutely. because he can't choose, <laughs> um, which is fine, Neil. That's fine. But you guys uh, replied on social media and an email, so we wanted to give you guys some credit. But before we get into that, yep. Justin, do you have an answer to this? Oh yeah, Justin. What's your favorite Marvel series? I, I did answer, but my, 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 my answer was tongue-in-cheek. Uh, I, I said Thor because of that hair. That's right. <laughs> that, that is, yes. That I mean, hair. let's be real. Uh, so Alan says uh, Civil War. For once, they didn't rely on a villain of the week uh, approach and instead gave some weight to the consequences of previous movies. There was a mature approach to the storytelling, and the final battle was personal and brutal. They also managed to, and then, it, hold on, let me expand this. Um, give me one second. So Folks. apparently what happens is well, when you copy the link over to it didn't work. Um, Google Docs, it doesn't actually give you the full link, which is wonky. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna see if I can pull it up real quick because he yeah, had a absolutely. really good he had a really good answer and I wanted to give him some shout outs. And again, if you guys would like to um, to contribute to any of this, you know, conversation, um, you can check us out on Facebook, etc. Um, so he says also they managed to introduce two new characters without using origin movies. I think a lot of the reason people are feeling superhero fatigue is because the origin story is becoming too familiar. I even felt it a bit with Doctor Strange. This was the smartest move for Marvel to introduce both characters, especially given Spider-Man's movie history. So I was thinking, Spider-Man, who's the other one? Uh, well, in Civil Black War. Panther. Black Panther. Black Panther, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Good call. All right, so we also had Sam um, write in. He said, this is hard. That's what she said. (laughs) I think I have to answer all the movies in the current MCU. All these stories are connected, even the off-year stories. If you think of it um, that way, the entire MCU is one long-ass movie that will span the rest of time as long as Disney owns Marvel. Um, Let me see. That's a a fair assertion. Yeah, that is. All right, my mom chimed in. Yay. She says, the same as Alex, Civil War. I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, and then uh, Justin had chimed in saying Thor, that hair. That hair, though. That hair, though. That hair buck, though. <laughs> um, Justin, from a couple episodes ago. This is a different Justin. Ooh, excuse me. He says, Disney makes Marvel movies? <laughs> Damn it, Justin. <laughs> Come on, dude. And so Neil jumped all over that and, and, uh, and corrected him. And he says, easily Big Hero 6. A lot of people don't realize it's a Marvel film until about the middle of the film. It's true. It is actually a Marvel property. It was a comic book before Disney bought them and then made it into an animated movie. Yeah, did you see that one, Justin? I did. Uh, actually, uh, Jeff mentioned it in Raid the other night, and so I had to rewatch it Wednesday night. And I got to tell you, man, 
in the feels every time. I love it. It's it's a solid yeah, movie. Yeah, it really is. It, the music choices are awesome. The characters are awesome. Yeah, the story is real good. It's real good. Go check that film out, folks. Go do it. It's good. Um, Don, who's also a member of the Filthy Casuals raid team, Diddy. known as Diddy, says, Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe just for the music alone, but the movie itself was just the best all-around story. Definitely great music in that movie. And, and Justin, how, how do you feel about that answer? I, You know, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy... It, Aside from Chris Pratt being kind of a local boy uh, from my neck of the woods, so I, I kind of like to support them. Um, it, it is the music is phenomenal, but the story is pretty amazing. And I mean, at the end, with I am Groot, you know, at the end, oh yeah, it's like oh, again in the feels. Oh, all the feels, uh, but still, Thor's luscious flowing locks. <laughs> Let's be real. All right, so and then we have Rindy. Um, if you guys remember, I told the story about how Neil and I uh, went out um, checking out some breweries, and we ran into Rindy and her friend. And uh, Rindy's been listening to the show ever since. So, Rindy, thanks so much for for writing in. It's great to to hear from you. Um, she says this is indeed one of life's tough choices. And she emailed us, by the way, guys, Geek Thirty Podcast at Gmail dot com. Um, I vacillated for way too long between Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm going to go with my gut and say Guardians. That movie has it all. A great story, superb visuals, comedy, heart. Yes, I cried. And of course, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord was nothing short of perfection. Keep on geeking on, Rindy. Thank you for for the response. That was awesome. Absolutely. Very awesome. Uh, All right. So we have a new question of the week. Uh, Justin, you want to share? Uh, I want to know, uh, I shared with uh, Jojo and Alex before we started that I just uh, just finally downloaded Fallout 3 and started playing through it. Um, I know I'm like only three years late. Just what is late. the game that you keep going back to? Now, it can't be something like WoW, which reinvents itself. It's got to be something old school that you always, that you keep going back to. Yeah, what is the game that you just keep going back to? What old school game? JoJo, you want to go for it? I already got one. I mean, I... I, Because I can tell you I've answered this on the show before. It starts with the double ends with the dragon? Yep. Double dragon (laughs) 2. Double dragon 2. Oh, sorry. It ends with the 2. It ends with the 2, yeah. But um, I I played the the piss, the ever-living piss out of that damn game. And every now and then, I just get bored. I just sent a a picture of my quote-unquote battle station with multiple screens. And the one on the left had double dragon playing. (laughs) You know? It's funny that we talked about this because I would say for me, it has to be like Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, it really does, JoJo. Don't don't I, give me I that lip. I can understand lip. eight, seven. I don't know. It's really. It's, I know there's a story there. I just you got to walk for eighty hours to find it. It's just the the music, the look, um, the the weird blocky characters. <laughs> I just something about it. I you just can get love music it. and blocky characters in Final Fantasy VI. But there, there's multiple ones. I would I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, because another game that comes to mind is Fallout Three. Okay. Uh, I also really enjoyed Oblivion. Um, like every once in a while, I get these itches to play that. Knights of the Old Republic mm-hmm. um, is another one that I kind of get the itch to play every once in a while. Uh, Bioshock. Oh man, Bioshock. On PC, occasionally I'll spool up uh, Unreal Tournament 2004. Ooh. I haven't played that in a while, but That's occasionally I'll, I'll spin it up. Just it's fun and stupid and fun. So Justin, I mean, you just started playing Fallout Three, but is there another game that kind of comes to mind? Well, you mentioned Oblivion. Um, Oblivion, Oblivion, and Fable were the gateway drugs to WoW for me. Um, I used to make fun of WoW players quite regularly, and I was talking with a former student, and he was like, "What are your favorite games?" And I was like, "Well, besides Madden." He was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "All right, so I like Fable and I like Oblivion." He's like, "Dude, you would love WoW." So uh, I tried it actually. I tried it right after my son was born, and. I've been now playing it for eight, almost nine years. Wow. Jeez. So you started what, Burning Crusade? I started um, a week after Wrath launched. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Oh, man. God, you have so much content mm-hmm. to catch up on. <sighs> that makes me sad. Dude, you would have fucking loved the game back in vanilla. Oh, my God. It was so good. See, I love vanilla, but I also love Wrath. Burning Crusade was okay to me. Yeah, it was it, it just all real good. But this is a great question. I, I'm real curious to see what old school games that folks are really into. Again, the question is, what old school game do you tend to go back to? 
Uh, that could be like a, a Doom. It could be, uh, you know what, another Pong. one? Civilization Five. Oh, there you go. I love that game. That's not an old school game, but, you know, it's an older game right. at this point. Um, anyway, yeah, what what other game do you just keep going back to? Big not Bird's World Egg Warcraft. Catch on Atari 2600. Which one? Big Bird's Egg Catch. I have never heard of that in my life. <laughs> because you weren't born yet. <laughs> I don't, what's an Atari? I just, I'm a millennial. I don't know these things. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, but, uh, you know, uh, you can find uh you can find us on all the social medias you can respond to this question yep um jojo where can people reach us in general so uh just like rindy you can send an email to us uh geek 30 podcast at gmail.com 30 is spelled out or at geek 30 is a twitter handle for us so you can tweet us there Uh, if you search for us on facebook and youtube geek 30 happy hour and we'll pop up or if you want to just go to one location that has everything geek30.com again 30 is spelled out and you have links to everything all the things be sure to give us a five-star rating on itunes check out our website www.geek30.com there's a whole blog section there too that justin has contributed to uh, we have a bunch of different and topics he is a published author so he is he's an author guys like you have to trust him with your life right justin justin right justin uh yeah only if your health was big enough that's that's a problem i have a problem with that as a tech as he knows anyway um this is the part of the show where we say goodbye so jojo thank you so much for geeking out with us justin will you say goodbye to the nice people which nice people all the nice people no the nice people out there bye you two assholes no (laughs) we'll see ya It is good. It is good. I'm digging it. I'm going to be getting through that sample pack, Justin, during raid. I typically don't drink during raid because it takes a lot of work to keep you assholes up. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's why I drink, because I know that you're going to keep me up. (laughs) Well, if you also need a resto druid. (laughs) Yeah, JoJo normally plays resto druid, but considering we have like five resto druids. That's right here. We have two, but one's an asshole. (laughs) I mean, he's my best friend, but he's an (laughs) asshole. That's right.